Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and today's guest is Michael Finnegan, creator and founder of Quantum Camp. And because of what he found there, Michael became super frustrated by the hurdles before him to simply introduce compelling physical phenomenon for his kids to wrangle with. On top of that, the school board and the principal were breathing down his neck, telling him to teach science, to standardize testing. He just couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't see himself delivering boring checkbox based list of dry content to be memorized to these beautiful young minds in his classroom yet he knew of no better alternative which began the quest he dove in headfirst into the history of science and math in search of what the great iconic scientists of history did in their pursuit of learning and building new knowledge in this episode we talk about how homeschooling is vast and varied as every family has a chosen path there are many reasons to homeschool as there are homeschoolers and we also talk about how there is a school of thought that there are some that are in the know about homeschooling lastly we talk about how homeschooling is not school at home and we dive into how quantum camp got its start so go grab your coffee go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what michael has to say let's get into the podcast Michael, say hello to our guest and tell us what is a misconception you feel most have about homeschooling? Hello, Bex. Yes, I'm Michael with Quantum Camp. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Super excited to be here. Uh, so that's a great question. There are many, miscon- I think there are many misconceptions people have about what it means to homeschool. I think the number one thought that comes to my mind when I hear that question is that it's such a vast and varied <clears throat> landscape. There's no one way to homeschool. There's no one reason to homeschool. There's no one like knowledge, central knowledge owner of like all of homeschooling. And so just quickly, that's, that's clearly in my mind, the most, uh, the, the biggest misconception of homeschooling that there's like one way to do it. Yeah. I, I agree with you because that is the whole point of homeschooling, the ability to do so many different things and teach yeah. subjects in such a variety and varied way which brings us to you (laughs) because you have a really great and pretty progressive philosophy on how to teach the sciences right so i i studied physics and chemistry and biology in college and when i was looking at your middle school syllabus i was like whoa these are things that i learned in college so tell us what is your focus for your methodology and your reasoning and teaching these subjects so early on? Yeah, it's, it really comes down to this, hands-on through history. So we simply follow what scientists in history did. And there's just this obvious thing. At some point in history, you know, certain, a certain scientific factor whatever mathematical fact or idea or piece of knowledge was not known. And at some point in history, it was known. So we have just done that research, going back in history and looking how science ideas have developed over time, what experiments, what debates, which mis- 
which mistakes were made. And we recreate those experiments and we, re, and we, we, we task our kids to do, to do the same exact experiments that the great iconic science in history did, Darwin, Galileo, Newton, even Einstein. Uh, what were they doing? What, you know, what were the experiments they were, they were trying to make sense of? And believe it or not, the magic is our kids, you know, with a little bit of guidance, a little bit of, you know, guiding questions, come generally come to the same conclusions. So they're building up the canon of math and science as it was built up in the first place. And now they're kind of the new owners of it. It's not like science and math is, is, is so often seen is seen by kids as something like, you know, older dead people kind of own and we just have to like regurgitate and memorize what they did. Now our students are like the new owners and the new creators of this, you know, amazing knowledge. Yeah, and you start in middle school teaching like organic chemistry. Um, you teach some pretty significant um, subjects. And so what I got from your website was that if we teach them while they're younger, when they're in high school or even college, they'll not need to learn these fundamentals. They already have the fundamentals and they can actually potentially discover new things. Did I get that right? You did. And, I, and I'll even, I'll even one up you if I can. Please. Um, we go, we go even deeper than organic chemistry. We go after quantum physics of all crazy topics to tackle with middle schoolers. And again, the idea is we just simply throw the experiments and I'll tell you just as an aside, like I took like three or four quantum physics courses in college. I was like, I'm going to understand this. I'm going to understand this. I, I know I can. And I never understood. It. I couldn't figure it out. Until after college, many years after college, I started reading the history books of like where this crazy idea we call quantum physics came from, where you know the atomic world just behaves differently than what me and you were used to. Um, and then I kind of finally understood it a little bit, and that was sort of the roadmap for developing a course on quantum physics for kids. Why don't we just have them do these experiments they were doing, you know, in the 1700s, 1800s, and You'd be so surprised how much an actual chemical or an actual physical experiment, uh, you know, how much impact that has over, you know, like reading a textbook or watching a video. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't agree with you more. I love inquiry-based teaching by far. So I teach physics right now myself, and ah. we're, we're actually going through right now um, – uh, what would you oh we like velocity acceleration and things of that sort so i try really hard not to like just give them answers i try really hard to like have them discover the answer and find the definition on their own uh some kids get it some kids don't uh i really find i and i always keep telling them physics is the easiest science i'm not gonna lie to you it's probably the easiest science biology for really, me is yeah. way yeah i feel like biology is way I'm harder yes. <laughs> so i'm always yeah. like man you guys are changing everything all the time i don't know where i can't keep way, up with it way too complex yeah I know. And I'm like, physics, the math, it's just there. Like, it's, it's, it's great, but we have to discover, we have to, we have to know what we're looking at. And I think that's one of the things as, as teachers um, using our content, which I just, I really love what you're doing. I, I definitely want to talk more about that because it's so, um, it's so like 
dense. And I do agree with, you know, discovery, authenticity, and being able to just, you know, not check off boxes of like what, what yeah. what's already been done, but really experiencing science um, is really what we want them to, to want to have, right? Because a lot of times you'll hear people like, man, science was so boring. Science was this. And I'm, and I'm thinking, no, it's, it's really not. I'm like, it's probably the most exciting thing you'll ever do in your life. And if you really understand what you're looking at, it's going to become like really simple. It's logic. So as getting back to my point, I'm teaching my students to know what they're seeing, which I think is really interesting how they can look at something and not know what they're looking at. And I'm like, the numbers are right there. And they're like, but what am I seeing? And I'm like, wow, how we need to help them like literally know what they're looking at. And I just love the fact that you're doing it so early now with that these are pretty these are pretty rigorous um courses how how are parents going to be able to um help their students out with this the, these subjects we well we provide so much information on our course platform so it's all kind of deli deli delivered digitally and you know parents and uh even micro schools and pods receive physical kits uh, but then all the all the procedures and the challenges are presented on the course platform in a super linear, uh, easy to use fashion. Um, we never give away the answer like before an experiment's done. It's all sort of set up so to keep the student in suspense. Uh, but it's really all there set up, and you just go page after page. What's my next challenge? Okay, let's do a lab. Okay, what's this lab mean? Okay, great. I figured out what that means. Um, then Quantum Camp, you know, we we actually provide we do videos on on sort of in parallel to what the student's doing. Um, and the, these videos are what was happening in history. So after a kid does an experiment, whatever results they get, it's, it's good because it, data is data, all data is good. Um, then we come in and say, okay, here's what Antoine Lavoisier or Isaac Newton or, or you know, John Dalton um, said and with this same data that you got, Here's what, here's what conclusions they drew. So we kind of keep them tethered to the quote unquote textbook, you know, understanding of what happened, uh, but only after the fact. And if it, if the historical data disagrees with their data, great. You know, that's, that's, I mean, most of history was messy and, you know, going down wrong, wrong paths. And, you know, you know, Lord knows we are still doing that. Um, uh, so, you, so, so, so it's like they're in a conversation or in a, like this, uh, this, this like theater with these historical scientists and they're bouncing their ideas off of you know, the ideas that the iconic scientists and the mathematicians of history are, are putting forth. So that's, that's how, that's basically how students are guided through these, you know, dramatic stories in history. Yeah, because you present everything as the story of chemistry, the story of the atom, the story of, yeah. and that is so awesome because everybody loves listening to stories. Everyone loves yeah. being swept up in a story. Um, so what inspired you to create this content like that and why the homeschool community? Ah, so what inspired me is I was originally a public school teacher. Oh, copying it was... <laughs> copying a resentment towards the state of California who had the nerve 
and tell me what what I should be teaching these you know beautiful children you know ten feet in front of my face you know, I don't know what's going on in Sacramento um, <laughs> and uh, and I have a background so I have a PhD in science so you know you know I, I was struggling to be a, a teacher but at least at the very least I knew science I knew what was what was good science I knew it was authentic science and what these check boxes and standards they were telling me to teach you know wasn't really what the students in front of me needed or wanted. And I could just tell because I'm right there in the classroom with them. Uh, but I didn't know what to do. It wasn't like I was, you know, wasn't trained as a teacher, which actually I think was, ended up being a benefit because I was just, I guess, naturally just thinking outside the box, like, okay, what do I do? Um, but as I mentioned before, I, I, I was always interested in the history of science. I started reading, you know, books on uh, like Darwin and Newton and, and even uh, you know Aristotle, what, what they were doing, and it it, it's, it goes across all cultures. So the Babylonians were you know did, did a, you know made amazing progress in math and science. Um, Egyptians. So I started reading all of this, and out of just this 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 research came these courses. So these courses fall out of the stories of the history of science and math, um, just in a way that's so much more you know, authentic, you know, almost like obvious, it's almost an obvious thing to say. Um, so that's how the pedagogy or the approach came is I was just doing research on a better way to teach and doing research on the history of science and it just kind of fell out of that. Um, and then to, to your earlier point, I mean, then you can really tackle these big ideas because, uh, you know, if, you, if it's hands-on and challenge-based, students can do anything. If it's, if it's like top-down, do this, task-based, your kids check out. Yeah. And I love in your video, one of the ones I watched um, that anyone can see on your website, you asked the students to become a scientist, which I think is really awesome yeah. because we're putting on, we're, we're giving them the mindset. So like, you know, you're, you're telling them, this is where I want you to be. So just you're, you're now you are a scientist and how true is that for all of us when we decide to become something right so if we decide we're going to become a doctor we automatically in our mind we're like okay so we're going to become a doctor one day so this is how a doctor thinks if we want to be an actor this is what an actor thinks if we want to be a you know a soccer player what does a soccer player do so we start with that mindset and then all of a sudden the brain because the brain is so awesome starts finding ways to get us all the information we need as a scientist or as yeah. a, a, a soccer player right because that's what the brain does the brain does everything for survival the brain will help us find answers if we're looking for them right because they're all there they're all yeah. there the answers and there's so much like I'm not, certainly not a scholar in like the neuroscience of learning, but I know there there's just so much research which backs this idea up. Like, and, and even more so, like learning is actually more of an emotional experience than an intellectual experience. Um, so if you get kids excited, if you get them curious, there's the limitations just evaporate. Any limitations that they had before they evaporate. So yeah, if you get kids thinking to your point, like I'm a scientist, guess what? They are at that moment when they when they when they kind of sort of take on that that identity. I love that. You know, and now with nowadays, there's a lot of learning challenges, though, right? So we hear of learning challenges, but we also hear a lot of gifted children. We have, you know, this two exceptional uh, two E students, and you know, 
without parents having like the so-called people who studied these um types of learning how does your um how does your curriculum help or meet those expectations in a sense yeah i've had students over the years who you know could memorize or you know memorize the periodic table of the elements i'm mean, I certainly not even close to be able to do that uh, but i've had these these two e highly gifted students who you know could just whip out all the elements of the periodic table without even thinking um but they have no idea where it, where it came from they have no idea where this amazing human creation, the PR table of elements that organizes all matter in the universe on one piece of paper, one table. So it's, in my opinion, one of the greatest achievements in, in all of science. Um, it literally unites the universe. Um, so these students memorize this whole thing, which is amazing and awesome, but they have no idea the pain, the, the trials, the tribulations, the failures, the successes, the achievements of putting this amazing thing together. And so one of our courses is, as you said, the, you know, the story of the periodic table, and the, by the way, this course ends in 1869 when Dmitry Mendeleev, a Russian scientist, he was the first to really kind of have the idea, but he was the one who really put it together in a in a sort of organized way. Um, uh, you take these gifted students through that whole story, and it just brings like depth to their knowledge, and so their knowledge, which they already have, is that much more rich and 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 deep. So they, they and they and they love it. They're like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah. Beautiful. And, and, and sorry, one more thing. At that moment, those kids are working hand in hand in hand with the students who may not be like having the whole thing memorized, may have challenging other subjects, but you give them beaker, something hands on to work with, and they're just masters. And so you get these gifted kids working with these, you know, maybe kids who are just more comfortable working with their hands and they're working, they're working together in this beautiful way, arriving at all this knowledge together. So it's really, it's been, it's really sweet, really beautiful. That's awesome. So you use one, you use one student's strengths to help the other person's, uh, other students' weaknesses, and then when all when the water rises, everyone rises together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then maybe they get the gate. I mean, this is maybe they get the student will be like, we'll point out a theory as they're doing an experiment. Oh, this is why this is that. You know, this is why you know lithium, sodium, potassium over here. It makes sense. I know why they're. I know where they are. Now I know why they are where they are. And the students who's you know doing the hands-on work is listening to this other student, and now he has he or she has the theoretical basis for why these elements are where they are. Also, so yeah, they're rising together. I love that. You know, yeah. I know that one one of the things that I do when I have a struggling student in my class, um, and I, and it sounds counterintuitive, but I I I know that the highest level of learning is teaching. So when one of my students yeah. um, is struggling with a subject or a topic in a subject, I'll actually task them with, with teaching it for 10 minutes. And I find that because Good. they now yeah. have to be a teacher, they have to look at things differently and they're not looking at it as just learning. Now I have to teach someone else and now I have to figure out why it is the way it is. So they definitely have a different mindset in that. Um, so that's why I really wanted to point out like the things that you're doing in that area, because it is valuable. And although it seems counterintuitive, it actually works towards helping the student improve and get better. Right. So I love that. I, I do have a question. Your, yours is your, um, your website is called quantum camp. So it's, 
Why, why Cam? The original reason for the word made sense. And that was like, I was a public school teacher and I wasn't ready to quit my day job and, and start, you know, quantum camp full time. Uh, and I need to work outside the system to do the things I want to do. So, so I was outsourced. I, I need to be outside sort of the academic regulatory environment to do the things I wanted to try. Um, and the only way to do that was sign summer camps. Got so the it. First, sort of the incarnation of the company was as a science summer camp company. And then the first flagship course was a course on quantum physics. Uh, so, you know, why start with something, you know, why not start with something, you know, big? Um, so that was the name of the company, Quantum Camp. That's the origin. Got it. I like that origin. That's really cool. Wow. So as we're wrapping things up, what is the call to action? Where can they find your resources? Where can they register for your classes? So, yeah, so go to quantumcamp.com. All the information, contact information is there. Um, if you're a homeschooler, reach out to me. If you're a pod or micro new micro school, they're popping up everywhere in a, in a wonderful, beautiful way. Just reach out to me. Uh, and then we set you up. We send you a kit. Uh, we, we give you access to the course platform and you are off and running in a self-directed way, or you can have a guide walks, you know, kind of usher students through it. Uh, it's super flexible. Love that. So what is one thing you want to leave parents with today from our conversation? What's one big takeaway? That learning should be fun and not drudgery. If your kids aren't having fun, something's off. I love that. Uh, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just end there. Say it, say it like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on today and just sharing, you know, all your wisdom, all your knowledge and understanding. It's been a pleasure having, you know, you on the podcast today. Bex, likewise. I really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Awesome. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.